Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. All right, in this episode, this is episode 13. And for those of you who have listened to all my other ones, thank you very much. Uh, before I get started, I want to explain why I'm doing this and what I hope to achieve. Like I said before, I'm doing this in hopes to open up a conversation. We don't talk to each other anymore. Political differences end relationships, break up families. Uh, it's just insane to me that people have different opinions politically, and some people think that that's grounds to end lifelong friendships and work relationships and, you know, just it's ridiculous. So my goal is to open up a conversation and get people who agree and disagree with me to write me. And eventually I want to have a studio where I can have multiple microphones and actually have open conversations with people that disagree and agree. And if I sit down with people that disagree with me and we're talking and we're able to discuss civilly our differences, but if at any time contention enters in, then we stop the conversation right there. We go and have a meal, maybe a beer, something to kind of just disconnect. And then we can start the conversation again. Once contention enters in a conversation, that conversation's over as far as learning anything back and forth. Because once hurt feelings and anger and frustration enters in the conversation and neither side are willing to look past that or just agree to disagree on something, but that that becomes a contentious point, there's no point in continuing the debate at that point because nothing else is going to be achieved in that debate. So I really honestly want to get to the point where I have a couple of microphones and I can sit across from someone who vehemently disagrees with everything I believe in, and I vehemently disagree with everything they believe in, and we can actually have a conversation civilly about our differences and not have contentious feelings at the end of that conversation and hopefully shake hands and agree to disagree on many things, but maybe, possibly, find common ground. I honestly believe there are more things we have in common with each other than disagreements. And I hope to be able to prove that to many people and get people to understand that just because people disagree with you doesn't mean you have to hate them. Doesn't mean you have to cancel them. Doesn't mean you have to try to destroy them. It means you just see things differently. There's a great visual explanation of this uh, or illustration of this where one person is standing on the top of a six and the other person is standing on top of a nine. They're both the same number, but it's just your a point of view where you say things completely different. I think that's one of the big problems is many times we start any conversation from completely 
different points of view and are not willing to find compromises or agreements or commonalities between the two. So I think I really do want to try and figure out a way for us all to be able to talk to each other and not try to destroy each other just because of our differences. I believe our differences make this world a wonderful and more interesting place. Can you imagine how boring the world would be if we all agreed on everything and all had the same tastes? Goodness gracious, that would be an insanely boring place. I don't know. What do you guys think? Write me, please. Drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, I am going to start on my expose, do you want to say, I guess, about the Biden family and the Biden family business. But I think it's important for you to understand who Joe Biden is and where he came from. Now, I am not going to try and convince you of anything about Joe Biden. I'm going to let you listen to his own words and you judge for yourself. Okay, so Joe Biden entered politics in 1972 at the age of 30, the minimum age allowed by the Constitution, as the youngest member to be elected to the Senate at the time. I believe Joe Biden was a segregationist. Uh, in fact, while he was in the Senate, he hung out with a lot of segregationists and members of the KKK and actually called them close friends. People like Strom Thurmond, Jesse Helms, John Stennis, James O. Eastland, Herman Talmadge, and he even praised George Wallace many times. So we know that the people he hung out with he claims he was coming into the Senate to try and change their views, but he developed a lot of very close relationships and, in fact, gave the eulogies at Strom Thurmond's funeral and also the eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral. And Robert Byrd was a recruiter for the KKK. Now, he later in his life renounced his racist past, but Joe Biden was friends with him while he was a racist and a recruiter for the KKK and called him one of his closest friends. So I'll leave that up to you. If you think that uh, Robert Byrd actually denounced his racism and moved on and uh, fought against it from then on, you know, you can judge for yourself. I personally think it's extremely hard to change the way you were raised and those beliefs that have been pounded into your head for a long time. I have a relative uh, who has since passed who was a racist, absolutely 100%. After a while, we would not want to go to his home because all of the jokes were racist jokes and he used the N word. It just. It came out of his mouth with disdain and disgust. It was hard to listen to. Uh, you heard him use that word and you're just like, oh my gosh, it came. You understood it was with complete intolerance and hatred that that word was used. So I understand what racism is. And I also uh, understand that you have to work extremely hard to get rid of the hatred that is taught to you when you're a child. I am very grateful 
that uh, my parents raised us in a way that we gain tolerance for all cultures and all people. Like I said, we traveled all over the world. I'm so grateful for that because I look at everyone as equal. I see people that I agree with and I disagree with, just as Martin Luther King said, I really try to live that way in my life. I do not judge people by their skin color, but by the content of their character alone. Okay, back to Joe Biden. And just to let you know, he supported a bill written by Jesse Helms and Robert Byrd that would not allow black kids to be bused from their homes to white schools to start integrating classrooms. As a matter of fact, Kamala Harris confronted him on this issue in the 2016 Democratic presidential debate. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. You know, the interesting thing is Joe Biden still says racist things all the time. The press just passes it off as, oh, well, that's Joe being Joe, or he doesn't really mean it that way. I, okay, listen to this for yourself and tell me what you think. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. Personal comments he made about another White House hopeful, Senator Barack Obama. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and clean and He's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. So what do you guys think? That's Joe in his own words. Yes, I do realize some of those quotes were from his early career in the 70s. But can you imagine if they would have found a recording of Donald Trump saying those same things in the 70s? The media would have had a field day. All right. And Joe Biden has lied for most of his career. I mean, he lied about his education when he was asked from a reporter about his education. And notice Joe Biden challenges him and says that he probably has a higher IQ than this guy. What school did you attend? 
where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Every single thing he said to that guy was a lie, an absolute lie. Joe Biden graduated in the bottom of his class. Uh, he has actually had to take one course over again for plagiarizing. Uh, also, he did not graduate with three degrees. He did not attend college on a full ride scholarship. He did not win the international moot court competition. So you can see Joe Biden lied about most of his education. He even said he received a special invitation to attend the Naval Academy. And that's not true either. Joe Biden lies all the time. It happens so often that even foreign news organizations recognize it. This happened during the Afghanistan withdrawal and uh, Sky News in Australia, uh, two anchors there, pointed out just six of his lies about Afghanistan. Listen to this. Let's take a look at six verifiable lies told by Biden in that interview as detailed very helpfully by the Daily Mail. Lie one. Biden said there was no way to leave Afghanistan without chaos ensuing, but only six weeks earlier, he said the Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Remember that big speech he gave? Nonsense. Lie two, Biden said the Afghan army is 300,000 strong. Close, Joe, it's only 178,000. Biden said the US doesn't have a military presence in Syria. In fact, it does. It's still got 900 troops there again. Who's advising him? Lie four. Biden said he can't recall military officials suggesting he keep the stable 2,500 troop presence in Afghanistan, though reports show Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mark Milley made exactly such a request. Lie 5. Biden said US has control of Kabul airport, though Taliban fighters, and I think we've got some footage of it here, have formed a wall around the airport and are controlling who goes in and out. Maybe we don't have footage, but trust me, the footage is not pretty. Um... Six, Biden said no one is being killed in Kabul at, at Kabul airport, though the Taliban has killed at least, at least 12. And that's just six. You can see other countries are starting to really recognize how untrustworthy, disingenuous, thank you, disingenuous he really is. I mean... The guy lied about the jobs he's had. He said he drove a truck in Ohio, a semi-truck in Ohio. That's not true. He said he was raised in a Puerto Rican community in Delaware. That's not true. So Joe Biden will pretty much lie about anything.
in fact, he had to drop out of two other presidential runs. In 1987, uh, he had to drop out because he plagiarized speeches from a British politician and Labor Party leader, Neil Kinnock. Also, he plagiarized Robert Kennedy and JFK. Listen to this news report that was made in 1987 about the 88 run of Joe Biden for president and his penchant for plagiarism. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and wife as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience? Is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Kinnock the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? To be able to get the university. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. You know, I was thinking on the way over here. <laughs> now that's a little too much because as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, the rap on Biden has always been that it's just a surface. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't and all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play. Or the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So ladies and gentlemen... I've been dumb. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. Is it a wise idea, though, to take something that personal, anyway, from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign? I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was, you know, Joe Biden Biden, and now they're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot of people. First. Politically, that's devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. Joe Biden has even repeated the lie that his grandfather worked in a coal mine. In fact, 
Joe Biden's grandfather was a car salesman. Now, his excuse for dropping out of the 88 race was that he was a member of the Judicial Committee and he needed to focus on the hearing of Supreme Court nominee Robert Bork. Well, we all know what he and Ted Kennedy did to Robert Bork. If you don't, I suggest you look it up. In fact, the way Brett Kavanaugh was being treated reminded me a lot of those hearings. Now, he dropped out of the 2008 race because he was polling so low, but was later asked by Barack Obama to be his VP. Lucky Joe. As a matter of fact, I think Joe Biden is, aside from not being very intelligent and never really has been, but he is definitely the most lucky politician in Washington. Oh, and just a little aside note, for those who don't know, you can always tell when people are insecure and don't have a lot of confidence in themselves and their abilities because they're always challenging people. Do you remember when this guy asked him about his education and he interrupted him and said, I'll bet I have a higher IQ than you. That's Joe Biden saying, I'm insecure about my intelligence, but I'm going to put this front up about being completely confident and challenge anyone that challenges my intelligence to an IQ test. The same thing he does when someone challenges him physically. He says, do you want to drop down and see who can do the most push-ups? That's a definite sign of someone who has major insecurities about their own abilities. Joe Biden will even lie to get sympathy. He lied about his son, Bose, dying in Iraq, and he's done it multiple times. In fact, Bo Biden died of brain cancer six years after returning from duty. Now, as brain cancer may or may not have been caused by the burning pits in Iraq, but doctors are inconclusive. But this is proof that Joe will say anything to get sympathy or fake his own sympathy for others who have lost their loved ones in battle. Oh, and last thing, he lied about Jill Biden almost being burned to death in their home that was struck by lightning. In fact, lightning created a small kitchen fire, which was quickly extinguished. Now, I honestly could go on and on because there's literally hundreds of examples of Joe Biden lying blatantly many times right to someone's face. So you have to be very practiced to do that, to lie to someone's face that way. And I needed you to understand this because you need to understand Joe Biden is a man of extremely low moral character, someone who would be easily influenced and easily manipulated. And his kids and his brothers are of the same low moral character. Uh, we know of Hunter's addictions and stuff. And imagine how easy a foreign government could penetrate, bribe, and influence this family of extremely low moral character. Again, you may disagree, and if you do, write me 
at drew at the watchdogsbark.com. Okay, the big story that I want to comment on is this Chinese spying balloon that was permitted to float slowly over our continent and our country over very sensitive military bases and silo locations for our ICBMs. And Joe Biden didn't do anything about it until after it had passed over the entire country, went out to sea, and then shot it down. Let me tell you, first of all, this balloon... Most likely, and I actually, I don't even say most likely, I can guarantee you this balloon was tracked by NORAD since it left China, went over the Pacific Ocean, entered the Alaskan territory, the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, floated all the way down through Canada, came in from our, into our country between Idaho and Montana, and floated slowly across many states and many military-sensitive areas until it went out to sea off the coast of Southern Carolina. Now, Joe Biden claims he gave the authority to shoot it down when it entered the contiguous 48 states in Montana. My question is, when we tracked it coming in from the Pacific Ocean up in Alaska, why didn't we shoot it down the instant it entered into U.S. airspace? That's 12 miles offshore. Uh, incidentally, a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, well, three balloons came into our country during Trump's presidency, too. No, that's not true. I know one breached very briefly the 12-mile barrier of our country, but then turned back around and was not uh, going to pose a threat because it wasn't coming any closer. This is the first time I know of when a balloon from our enemy, known to spy on us, was allowed to float for days over our country. This has never happened and I, I'm going to speculate here, but I'm guessing China paid Joe a little extra money if he would let that balloon float over the entire country before shooting it down. Yeah, I know China is feigning um, outrage right now for shooting down that balloon. And they're still sticking to their story that it was a private weather balloon that blew off course and malfunctioned. That is a complete lie because we now know that there is a similar balloon floating over Latin America in the same manner, slowly, apparently blown off course. So you tell me, why didn't Joe Biden have his, and by the way, Joe Biden is commander in chief. He claims that he gave the authority to shoot down the balloon when it was over Montana and the military overruled him. 
the Pentagon decided it was better to wait until it floated out to sea and then shoot it down. Well, I've been to Montana and especially eastern Montana, that's big sky country. There, I think the only danger of a debris field, if you would have shot that balloon down, would have been maybe a sheep or a cow. Uh, I, I don't think there was any danger of it falling on a populous area in the state of Montana, unless it was right over Billings. All right. And like I like to do at the end of every one of my podcasts, I want to end on a positive note. There was a speech by Winston Churchill that was considered one of his most famous, but also his shortest. It consists of seven words. Never give up. Never, never give up. So my advice to you is if you have something that you want to do so badly that you think about it night and day and it keeps you up at night and other people think you're crazy for thinking about it all the time, never give up. There are so many people who give up just before their dream takes off. It's like the marathon runner who runs 26.1 mile and on that last mile just decides, oh, I just can't do it anymore. I am done. I'm never going to finish this race. This was stupid of me to start. I need to stop now. Not knowing that they just have to run that one more mile or that 500 more feet, or that 50 more feet to hit the tape and finish that marathon. Many things that we try to accomplish in our life are like running marathons. They're not accomplished overnight. They're not get-rich-quick schemes. There's very few of those. And the real riches and wealth and success and happiness and joy and accomplishment come after years and years of effort. Understand that and work hard. And just as Winston Churchill says, never give up. Never, never give up. And with that, we come to the end of another podcast. Again, if you agree or disagree, write me. Drew at the watchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day.